Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I have on Danny Ellsworth, who's a local filmmaker and who's proving to both established and aspiring filmmakers that making a film with only the use of your phone and phone applications is more than possible. What Danny's been able to accomplish on his phone alone is incredible, and you're going to see some of his footage today. So I want you to listen to Danny talk about his experience and processes, and perhaps you'll find inspiration to take on your next or first project with what you have because he proves it's all you need. Three, two, one. This is it. <laughs> this is it. I'm so happy you're here. Thank um, you for having me. Of course, absolutely. I, for those of you that don't know, one of the reasons why I knew you is because I think, what was it, uh, John Carlos got me involved with uh, Friendly Ghost. Right. And then he got me involved with you, and your whole thing was recording or making movies with your cell phone. Yeah. And they were really good for mm-hmm. just your cell phone. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Why did you, you start doing that? Uh, well, it's because originally someone told me I can't do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. They were like, why would you use your phone when you could just buy a, like a, a DCLR so camera funny. or something like that? Yeah. I don't even, I don't know anything about cameras. Yeah. But uh, I always knew how to work my phone. That's awesome because I remember going there <clears throat> at like uh one of your uh not recordings whatever when I, when you guys were like uh, filming when when you guys were filming that's right um I was like how's this gonna work How, what's going down and um when we were acting and when you were like uh, directing it was all pretty normal I was like I got to see what it looks like right. um and it looked really good you know I, one of your comp- I think your completed films or like the beginning of the film when I'm like you had like the cop lights or the police lights you had um all these uh, like guns and the props and the costumes and uh, the lighting was great. Right. And I was very surprised. Um, and I think a lot of people don't know that they can do that. I'm mean, like, there's this commercial, yeah. I think by AT&T where they had Casey Neistat, like as the guy in the commercial, he's like, we all want to do these things and it costs so much money, but we have these and he holds up his phone and mm-hmm. it's like, you can do so much with this. You don't realize it. Yeah. And you're doing that. That's Powerful incredible. Tool. That's so cool. So you started doing it cause somebody told you you can't. Yes. Uh, tell me about that. So tell me it was, about that. Uh, it was junior, you know, it was sophomore year in high school for health class. Uh, we had to make, well, no, we had to pretty much design our own storyboard about what would happen I- if uh, someone got addicted to drugs or yeah anything like that. Okay. Something that had to do with health class. And uh, so ultimately, I, d- I, w- I always love movies. I loved, uh, it, and at that time in my life, I loved Goodfellas and all That's those, all those classic movie. movies that took place in the 70s and early 80s and stuff like that. Um, and it's funny because they're all made in the 90s. But Oh, really? Yeah. Everyone even, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, I think yeah. Goodfellas was in 1990. Goodfellas is so good. Always oh, makes yeah. you hungry watching that movie. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's, that movie is fantastic in um, many ways, especially the actors. Mm-hmm. But... Um, no, so that's where I got most of my inspiration from. It was called, uh, what was it called? Mind Over Matter. Okay. That's what it was called. And it was about a man who was addicted to cocaine. And he was a, uh, like a rich, he wasn't, like, he was affiliated with the mob, but he wasn't, like, a mob boss or anything like that. Um, and that's how he got his cocaine on the low really easily. And, okay. Uh, he was addicted to it, and it, it messed with his mind, and I did it all on my phone. That's so cool. It was like, and how long? Yeah, how long? It was, was like that? twelve minutes long. You said that was junior year, sophomore, sophomore year. Yeah. How many years ago is that? What year is it now? It's twenty-one. That's <laughs> four years ago. Four years ago. Yep, four years ago. That's so when cool. First started. It was twelve minutes. What'd you edit it on? My phone. 
I use, edit everything on my phone. What do you use? Uh, back then, I used Videorama. Now I use iMovie and Videorama. Do you think it gets the job done? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah? Everything yeah. you need is right there? Yeah. So, another thing, too, is with, like, effects. Like, that's hard. That's hard, right? But I'm a practical effect That's guy. what I'm saying. You Like, I've seen you do, like, the makeup, and, right. I, yeah. and you get, like, I love that, yeah. doing... I just love how back in the 80s, uh, how movies are made. You know, like, even before the 80s, uh, especially, actually. Yeah, like, in 68, when Night of the Living Dead came out, or no, there was no CGI or animation, you know? Yeah. The closest thing they had in animation was layering over a picture of something they took beforehand into a frame, like, into a uh-huh. scene, you know what I mean? That I guess you can consider that, in a way, stop motion. Yeah, you're layering yeah. It in. You ever seen the original King Kong? Where it's like stop no. motion clay animation. Oh ridiculous. well, I've seen bits and pieces of it, not yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and, but yeah, practical effects. Um, I'm a huge fan of George Romero. He's yeah. Funny. Well, your whole thing, like that, at least what you're doing right now, is zombie related. Right. Yeah. It takes yeah. place in the Walking Dead universe, basically. Yeah, I, I've seen you do the makeup like on your friends for when they had to like whether film for you or they had to go to work where they had to be like scary looking. Like I've seen it all. Like that's oh, really yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really for Halloween. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. She worked at Haunted Trail. So she had the she she got like all makeup. Oh up. yeah, yeah. She was. That was messy. really it's really cool, man. So what besides the makeup? Like how did you? So you have a hold of like so, like you build things. You got a lot of cars. You got oh, yeah. like. It's just funny how my hobbies affect everything. So back in high school when I did Mind Over Matter, uh, that really worked out well because my first car ever I saved forever for it. It's a 57, um, oh my gosh, 57 <laughs> Plymouth uh, Belvedere. Okay. Also known as Christine from Stephen King. Oh, so yes. you got a lot of Stephen King. I have books. a lot of Stephen King. Stephen oh, yeah. King, I'm, I have an unhealthy obsession, bro. Me too. But, uh, yeah, I owned Christine. That's my first car, just like the book. Um, That's awesome. That's so cool. Thank you. That's so cool that you actually did that. That's funny. And then I, uh, after that, about a year later in the summer, uh, when I, I, I was 15 when I got Christine. Uh, so I can work on her beforehand and learn. Okay. And then when I turned 16, I got a 67 Cadillac. And uh, that <laughs> my favorite car ever. Um, you've actually probably seen me film with it a lot as a prop. Probably. Uh, it's just kind of, it's gone now. It was a stunt car, basically. Yeah. Um, I was going to restore it, but you know how that goes. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, I know. But, yeah, so I had those two cars, and it took place in the 70s. So it just worked out perfect. It That's just, awesome. I call it a... Production value. So, uh, yes, yeah. production value. Ocean Super 8. The yeah. Movie? yeah. Yep. Production, production value. value. <laughs> That's just I'm a big movie. fan of that. Such a good and movie. I love Super 8, too, because all the gorilla shooting and just uh, going out and doing it, not having permission. That's just how I roll. Yeah. So, I mean, like, so you got, like, all of these cars, mm-hmm. all these props. You got, you're good at the makeup, the practical effects. You put that all into your Thank you. uh, films. Right. And it kind of just like culminated, like all like it you said, works your, your, like out. your little hobbies and like your things that all got into this one big thing, and it's all helped you out so much. Absolutely, um, it's funny how things work out. You know? Yeah, because it's just all falls into place. Yeah, you certainly your your past self has certainly helped your future self, and that's that's, for sure. that's like something nice to like right. be able to feel. It's like you know what I didn't. That wasn't a waste of time. I I yeah. did it right. Mm-hmm. That that's really cool. Where yeah. did you get a hold of like all the other props? So like you got like. Over time, uh, yeah, a whole all shit this load started of out as hobbies. Like so, well, tell us about the. What about that? Like you, you like build walls and stuff for like shit, and like you, yeah, you that's rent a funny story. Actually. Military trucks, like yeah, yeah. Well, like, it, 
it all just happens on its own in a way. So basically with that, uh, so let me just run through Go um, ahead. how, like, the chain of events of how I led up to making a full movie length yeah. movie. Yeah. It's not done yet, but uh, soon. Um, so I was, it started when I was 15, I got that car, Christine, because I was obsessed with that movie and the book. Um, loved Christine. Uh, I started working on cars because I didn't know anything about cars when I got Christine. Yeah. Nothing. I didn't know how to change a tire. Um, and I don't have a dad either. So I taught myself everything. And now I rebuild engines. Yeah. Um, I just love doing it. Uh, yeah. Like My friend is the same thing. Kind of like the same kind of story. Yeah. It's it, like I said, it's, I just think it's funny how things work out. Yeah. But started with the cars and then I got into airsoft and I just, it wasn't like a major hobby of mine, but I loved that's cool. airsoft and stuff like that. So that's, that was back in, before I even got Christine, but um, it really picked up after that in like my uh, junior year of high school. So I started collecting all these airsoft guns and prop guns and like one-to-one replicas and stuff like that because I was too young to have my actual license. Yeah. And um, so that's how I got all those props, uh, which they weren't props back then, but they became props. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I I grew up on the first zombie movie I ever saw was Dawn of the Dead from 2004, the remake. Just the goriest movie a nine-year-old should not be watching. But I loved it. And uh, that's where I came up with the... Um, it, uh, hmm? Just uh, take them back a little bit. Yeah, there okay. you go. Beautiful. Uh, so that's where I came up with... Um, I pretty much just watched the movie and wanted to be one of those zombies for Halloween. And I just practiced and practiced and practiced and ordered way too much makeup mm-hmm. <laughs> off eBay and uh, learned myself just like that, yeah. using myself as yeah. a mannequin. Um, I love doing all kinds of makeup. Like I did Terminator one year. That was awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah all that cool. kind of stuff. So what's your – how old are you right now? I'm 21. You're 21. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, you've made it, and now everything else is like down – no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, so what's your – Next step for you, like, I know you got to finish this film. Right. Are you looking to take this as far as it can go, or is this just going to remain a hobby? Um, probably just remain a hobby. Uh, yeah, you will. I mean, like even then, you can still, you know, make something. I mean, like most, yeah, yeah. Once, most of the best filmmakers out there, like for instance, like Tarantino, mm-hmm. he didn't. He had no like formal training. He was like, I just made oh, a movie. Yeah. I made a movie. Yep. I think his first film cost five thousand dollars to make, and um, he said it was so awful he wouldn't watch it. <laughs> Um, well, I would not watch Mind Over Matter. Well, yeah. I cringe at it. Yeah, I hate no. it. Um, it can be pretty bad looking at your, your past stuff. Like, I That's think sure. all artists you know, feel the same way. Um, yeah. So the thing you're working on right now, your feature length, when did right. you start this? I started that. I started writing it at the end of 2017 and started production, uh, I believe it was July 2018. And... When do you expect to be finished? I know a lot of things happen because of the coronavirus. Right, right. right. We would have been done if uh-huh. it never Corona never happened. But uh, because of that, I did the math and all that stuff. Um, we're I am not giving myself a choice. We will be done by the end of June or July this summer. June or July this summer. That's right. exciting. Right now, it's combining unedited footage and. Uh, finished edited footage and the last scenes that have to be filmed still we're timing it it's probably going to be around an hour and 40 minutes an hour and 40 minutes which is nuts it's supposed to be 10 minutes long can you get give us like the plot of it sure yeah 
Um, as I said, it was it's a uh, the Walking Dead universe spinoff. Um, uh, now, it's a private film. Like only people who have been involved in it will be able to see it, mm-hmm. mainly because of copyright issues. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you can show it. You can't charge. For I can't it, promote though. off of it. Right. Yeah. So if like I put it on YouTube, it would have to be like disclaimed everywhere saying yeah. I'm making nothing <laughs> off this. This is for pure entertainment for us only. Like, yeah, you know, if you like it, great. But we're not making money off it. Uh, but yeah, so ultimately it starts right where The Walking Dead picks up. Um, if you know about The Walking Dead, you know, do you know? Yeah, so I, I watched I think till like six or seven because after gotcha. that I, we stopped paying for cable. Gotcha. We were like, fuck this. Yeah, AM, just getting AMC on its own is like impossible too. Yeah, but um, all right. So in The Walking Dead, uh, Rick, uh, he's on the job while he's a sheriff. Um, he's on his job and he gets um he gets shot at and he goes into a coma because he actually does get shot in between his vest and um he goes into a coma and ultimately he wakes up. In this apocalyptic world where the dead are living and uh, he has to find his family. Um, what I always thought was interesting was you don't ever get to see much of what happens in between him going into a coma and him waking up. Yeah, that's probably the most interesting part about things like that, too, is Definitely. the downfall. Definitely. And not seeing the downfall while watching uh, the show, because I've been watching it since 2011. Yeah, so, like, one year time. after it came out, because it came out in 2010, I began watching it because I found out about it. Um, believe it or not, I've never really been a big TV guy. I've always just been a movie guy. Yeah. I'd put a DVD in instead of turning the TV on. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it takes place where, um, Rick goes into his coma. He's no longer the sheriff, obviously, because he's in a coma. Um, it's said that Shane took over as an acting sheriff in his place in King County, which is the town they lived in. Um, but ultimately you see in a flashback scene in The Walking Dead that uh, Shane um, leaves his post. He abandons his post because Shane. But um, So that's where my character comes in. My character is also a King County Sheriff's deputy who was made an acting sheriff when Shane and Rick left. Um, and basically, uh, in my story, uh, my police department and surrounding police departments of Atlanta, pretty much everywhere, anybody who was still at their post um, was federalized and became uh, basically like, in a way, federal agents. That sounds okay. silly. No, I understand. But in real world scenario, that's kind of what would happen um, because they wouldn't have enough National Guard or Army or anything like that to keep control. So they would enact those people yeah. as you know, authority figures. And it takes place in the same universe, right? Same exact universe. Yeah, in, in, yep. in the same state and everything. Yep. Here's Georgia, right? Yep, Atlanta. Atlanta. Right, right outside it. Right out, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So my character is given that job and uh, big responsibility, you know. Um, he takes it on as much as he can, and then ultimately everything falls apart. Um, that's only, like, the first five minutes. Yeah, well, <laughs> so... Okay, I can I can sum it yeah, up. Yeah, well, yes, quicker. yeah. Give me, give me, tell me. Like, I don't want you to get, like spoil anything. No, I just wanted to set it up right. That's all. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah. So then, after everything falls, um, he ha- kind of has no choice but to, but to abandon his post. Um, he sees what happens to all his friends who he works with, and um, it's a for anybody that would be very hard, you know, because um, he's a very caring person, um, and. Uh, Ultimately, um, 
he is separated from his wife while he's on the job because he sees his job as important because he's saving people's lives or at least he's trying to and everything like that when the collapse was happening. And um, so in the while all that's happening, his wife was at home. He he trusted her. He knew her capabilities, um, but that still didn't stop them from getting separated during the collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie, you see that they evacuate like pretty much the entire ci- they try to evacuate the entire city of Atlanta before the uh in the show they drop napalm in the streets too. Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I l- I love seeing that. Yeah. I did that in my film like in my own way. Like you see that happen. How? Uh how like how how would you portray that? Uh most of it, that was some of the things that I had to use some effects for not not uh not um real life things yeah. but like CGI and that kind of stuff. Gotcha. That's one of the scenes that I had to kind of use that for, but Ultimately, uh, that's when he realizes my job means nothing anymore. Like, yeah. I'm not the world, controlling the world's anything. Over. So he leaves <laughs> right. and go goes to get his wife so they can leave together in evacuation. Um, pretty much, he finds her. Uh, they leave, and in the midst of all that chaos, and, like, they're literally bombing the streets of Atlanta, yeah. uh, the outskirts of Atlanta is also affected, which is where his neighborhood is. And uh, him and his wife get separated um, during that chaos. And uh, he wakes up um, pretty much. Uh, ultimately, there's a car accident. I'll say it's not really a spoiler. Um, his wife's gone. She's not in the car. Leaves a lot of speculation as to what happened to her. Like, Did she get up as her? Yeah. Or did she get up as something else? Um, but when he wakes up, uh, everything's just on fire. And, you know, so is that it's like, like a nightmare. Is, like, is that like the 15-minute mark right there? Like, where is that? In the, in that the would film? be about uh, probably seven minutes in. That makes I feel like that's a good inciting event for like things oh, to yeah. unfold. Yeah, that's where um like my title sequence with the Walking Dead music Understand. plays and everything like Understand. that. Understand. Um well, that's a, that's like a that's a jam-packed like oh, yeah. opening. That's like a, a lot is going on there. And when you see it it'll be uh Well, I'm I'm excited and I do think I mean like you should allow other people to see it and put the disclaimers, man. I mean oh, like yeah. it's 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 worth it's worth it. Yeah, because yeah, because I mean, like it kind of sucks make putting so much time into something and That's then just true. being like, "All right, let's put it in the closet." I mean, like, because it's mainly something I want to show my kids. Yeah, well, it's it's really cool because you were able to. I mean, you have a large amount of people that are into doing what you want to do. They support you and and they want to help you. Grateful and, for and, that. Yeah, and they and they're in your your short films or your feature length films, mm-hmm. um, and being able to you know accumulate all of those people, accumulate all the, um, you know, the props, the, the talent, the, um, what's it called? The, uh, like knowledge of how to do these the things, yeah. the, you know, how, like that's uh it's a lot of work. So even just to show your, your kids or your friends or people, people that don't know you like, yeah. Hey, it can be done. Definitely. That's, and that's why I wanted to have you on because it can be done. Thank you. Cause I'm like, I got a lot of people in my life, um, whether they're, you know, in my life or they're secondary or like I hear them in passing. A lot of people will say that like, it's too late. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough time. It's like, yeah, uh, you fucking, using your fucking cell phone, bro, using your yeah. cell phone to make a movie. And I wish I like, I want to show people so bad because it's, it's a lot better than people would think. Like you don't realize what you, what can be done. And also your, your cell phone's not the newest one. Well, uh, I've been through four now. Yeah. So I started <laughs> this movie on this, on the iPhone six went to the 7, went to the 8, and now I'm finally on the best one that they got. Do you think that's going to be jarring when you watch the film? Oh, uh, well, during editing, I, I watch it probably, like, every day. Like, I yeah. go through it, and like, at least what I have so far. And it's crazy because you can see 
2018 Danny. That's acting. so bizarre. And it's like, I know that is a different man. Like, that is a yeah. different guy. Like, he's playing the same character, obviously. Yeah. But the real me, watching that, I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? And has your acting gotten better? Uh, I could, um, yeah, without, like, sounding, you know, well, I'm like, myself. No, yes, no, no, no. You can't be sounding full. It's been, like, how many years? Like, you're allowed to, three now. You're allowed to say, yeah. I've gotten better. If you said no, that would be alarming. Um, I'm really proud of it uh, in that that uh, area, yeah, and the yeah. Cinemato- cinematography has always been a f- thing I love. And seeing, because I remember in 2018 when I started, I was like, "There's no way I could get like not saying it in that kind of way, but in that connotation." But I was like, "There's no way I can get any better." Like this is what I know, and now, yeah, the cinematography that we do, like the angles we, d- you climbed in a tree for me. I did climb in a tree. That for you. like I was always wondering, how am I going to get that shot? And what did you do? You climbed I a tree. Climbed a tree. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I had a like. It's been an honor also uh, directing so many camera people. Yeah. You're one of them. Yeah. So far, I mean, I swear there's probably been like at least seven people who have been my camera person, yeah. including me. Because I've been, scenes I'm not in, I like to record. Yeah, it was, yeah it's fun. Do, you know, yeah. actually being the. It's plus you get your image across. Like, yes. What you're thinking of. What's. Uh, I mean, you've had had have a lot of people do this, and a lot of, another thing people don't realize is like the little tricks you can do with your phone, like the things oh, yeah. I showed. Like, yeah. if you zoom in that. really far, like close, it like it, it completely changes how it looks. Yep. Um, or you can do this dolly. You can do a dolly zoom with your phone. Yeah. I mean, like people think like angles, angles, angles. A lot of and like the settings on your phone. Yes, and a lot of new filmmakers, um, if they're using their phone, they'll be like, it'll it'll just be like eye level shots. It'll be. Nothing great, but the people don't realize, oh, okay, let's go, like, if we're, we're doing, a, uh, if we're looking up at somebody, let, what if we go under this tire so we get the tire in the shot and we also get, like, a person, like, there's so much you can do. Yeah, it's fun to figure that stuff out. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and, and I think, if anything, you've learned, the amount you've learned from doing this um, has, has already made it worth it. It's unbelievable. Um, you ha- tell tell us how you got in contact with someone who has a military truck, so you can film with a. How, this thing is huge. It's like how many yeah. feet across? It's like oh my gosh, thirty feet it's long. It's literally and like, then like fifteen feet tall. Yeah, it's huge. Like, and the tires as tall as the me. tires are huge. As tall as me. I'm five <laughs> nine. I'm not that tall, bro. but it's big. I mean, like that. He like, sold it actually. We, oh thank, yeah, I think I knew that actually. I finished yeah. everything with it. Now, when you talk about production value, like oh my goodness. I know, like, the people I filmed with in the past, like, uh, small filmmakers, like, that's one of the big things, like, production value. How do we make it look believable? It's like, you were able to get, like, yeah. big props. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, well, how do you find that? It's one of those things. Again, um, I'm a big believer in faith and stuff like that. And just, I believe someone out there is doing stuff for me. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so, uh, one day I was driving home from uh, Hunter's house. Um, mm-hmm. Hunter, um, you know, he's uh, the... CEO of FGP, um, or the, he he used to be. Now it's Ava. It's Ava now. It's Ava now. Gotcha. Yeah, because gotcha. I think he w- had to drop some responsibility to go to school. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, because he wants to go to uh, I don't know what, what college it is, but I'm it's a sure. big university. Anyway, um, yeah, I was at Hunter's house. We were doing stuff for his film, Amongst the Trees, which you did. Uh, I no, on. I um, I auditioned. To? I didn't get in. Right, but I remember that's how I met you. That's the first is day that? we ever. Oh, met I did. Yeah, I think that's because of the audition. Right. That is how you met. And your me. whole image. I wanted you to be a character. Yeah. Of mine. <laughs> My whole image. Yep. Oh, that, look at that! Look at that kid. It's cool. And you're acting, obviously. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank of you. Um, that's how you and me met. Um, but I was at Hunter's house all the way out in um, where the hell does he live? 
Don't dox him. No, not the address, but okay. like the town. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea where he lives. Out by the ocean somewhere. Somewhere. Uh, Barnegat? No. Other way. I think it's... Who cares? Whatever. Anyway. Really nice neighborhood. Okay. Um, so uh, I was at his house. We were doing stuff for Amongst the Trees. And um, on the way home, uh, one of the other actors, who's uh, Mandy, one of my actors, um, yeah, I remember which her. is crazy because if I had not invited her to one of my shoots last July, she wouldn't have gotten into film at all. Really? Yeah. It was the first thing she ever did filming-wise was for me in July. And uh, she played a zombie and um, or a walker. And, yeah. Uh, um, she was great. And, uh, one of my really long friends known her since 2017. And, uh, we were leaving Hunter's house and, uh, on the way home, there's this giant, uh, used car lot and there's a deuce and a half, which is like an army truck with six wheeler, um, sitting in the parking lot and it's tan. And I was like, I said to Mandy, how cool would it be to have one of those yeah. in our movie, man? And, uh, Mandy goes, Oh, my friend has my one. My friend has one. <laughs> and I'm like, Mandy, what the me? hell? Why did you tell me this? Literally, that's what I said. I said, Mandy, I've known you this long. You know what I'm doing. You haven't told me your friend has an army truck. Oh, my like gosh. Like a legit army truck. And she was like, uh, I never thought of it. That's <laughs> awesome. And I was like, what's his phone number? <laughs> and I, uh, she was like, I don't know. I have a Snapchat, though. And I was like, all right, I need you to Snapchat him right now and just say, hey, a friend of mine wants to rent your truck. You can drive it. You can do everything for it. Don't worry about anybody breaking anything. Uh, it, even if it was just in the background for a scene. Yeah. Can we pay you to use it? And uh, here's his number, like my number. Yeah. And uh, he texts back like 20 minutes later. Um, I don't see why not. Yeah, it's the it's the networking, man. You like, yeah. wow, shame on never not telling you. So I know. What the hell? And uh, so yeah, that that scene is. Yeah, that much. it's a, it's it's really cool, you know, yeah. and it, like 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 I keep saying, you you found all the stuff and and you you've gathered people, props, you know, the know how, right? It's it's, it's it's so cool. You like reflect on it, and I and then definitely, and I, like I want to tell people like it can be done. There's this other uh this other guy's name's Kevin, um, who I want to have him on the show eventually. Mm -hmm. He's kind of the same thing. The only difference between you and him is he has a camera. Um, but he likes the same genres. He likes the zombies, the horror. He likes yeah. all that. And um, he was recently working on a project. I think he had to delay for the same reasons. Right. As uh, you. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's cool having people like you on, having people like my friend uh, Johnny, um, who's a, a fantastic writer, having people like Kevin on because um, you guys are all in the kind of the same area like of uh, you know passion and – reminding each other that it can be done, that I'm doing it too. And then for people that are afraid to do it, people that just think... Just do it. Yeah, just do it. I mean, like, like that's what we're all trying to do, right? right. Well, and well, if it looks crappy, just keep trying. Yeah, because another thing, and I, and I say this all the time, like, I'm, I'm, it's kind of annoying at this point, that, like, it's never too late. When, like, I always tell the story how when I was 12 years old, I, I didn't yell at my father, but I was yelling at my father like I was on the other side of the house. Yeah. I was walking to the bathroom, and he said wrestling's your sport and you don't know it yet and i'm like what is he talking about i'm 12 years old it's too late like i like, yeah. i like i'm fucking 12 years old what do you mean <laughs> like i thought i was too old to start something new and ever since then i said to myself how ridiculous i am for ever thinking that it's too late to start something mm. so i mean like if if you someone out there doesn't have a lesson 
take my experience as a lesson as you, it's never too late. Like, and I'm 23 and I just started doing like YouTube. So right. it's, it's never too late. And whether or not you get success or enjoyment from it is, is all up to you for the most part. So yeah, you've, you are, yeah, you've already found enjoyment on this. Um, and success is whatever your goal is. So if your goal is to make something for people to enjoy, which mm-hmm. is so far what I've heard you want, right. then I think you're going to succeed. Um, Thank you. So that's, I mean, like, it's never too late. You're going to be able to f- figure out how to do it. My stepbrother, he's a writer. He's an artist. Um, he draws um, for, he wants to draw a comic book. And he's already, Sweet. they've already got, like, 22 or something episodes, like, uh, written out. Mm-hmm. Um, now they have to draw it, ink it, color it. And he was talking to me about college, and he was like, Mark, yeah, I don't, I don't know, like, what if, if this is all right. Like, I don't know about, like, um, he's, going, he's going for uh, illustration. He's going for yeah. uh, design, like, digital design. He's like, but I like film, and I'm like, listen, man, like, all the stuff you want to do, you want to make an, an Instagram for your art, you want to make a YouTube for your art, you want to uh, go to college for this, this, or that. Just remember, it's not too late to do it later, and it's not too late to start now, because a lot of people get scared, and then they settle for something that they might not actually be in love with. Right. I almost did that yeah, many well, times it's scary. while filming. Like, yeah. Like, settling, like, yeah, it doesn't have to be that long, I don't have to add that scene, it t- I could sacrifice this just to get it done. I almost did it. Uh-huh. But then my my uh, not picking favorites here, but my favorite okay. camera woman, uh, she told me no. Do I know her, Bella. Yeah, I know was her. She there? Yes. Yeah, she was. I know her. She yep. filmed that scene with you and me. Yep. When you were acting for me, um, but yeah, she just told me no. Like no, we're finishing no, you have it. To do like this. I've seen what we're doing. Like we can finish it and we can make it the way that it's the team you want to. It's the team, absolutely. Bro. And yeah. Uh, well, you're absolutely right. It's you just you got to do it. I mean, like, and like what you just said with it, I want to bounce off of that. The people you get involved with you mean so much. I mean, you got to treat the people well, but then yeah. you also got to make sure you're picking the right people because having a team behind you is so phenomenal. I mean, like my closest film friends. Um, there's two of them. There's Johnny, like I mentioned, and uh, a girl named Kayla, who she's gonna be on the show in like a half a month or something, um, they they are the first people I met in film. And then the next group of people was you and uh, Friendly Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we always include each other. And uh, like I cook dinner for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're like a family. Yeah. So I mean like, and it's really cool like like meeting people like you because then the network gets bigger. The, like, I, mean, I don't want to like build you up, but like you're very reliable and you're, and I, and you're very – you're an, you're a good asset to have on like this roster. I mean, cause so when I say like I have a team, it's like knowing that I have people like you is incredible. I know how that feels. So you. for you to be able to have people that want the same things, that believe in you, that work just as hard as you, it makes so much of a difference. Because if you're on a set, or if you're do, if you're doing a film, if you're doing a play, if you're just trying to record a YouTube video and not everyone's in it, or people are like just you know whatever about it, yeah. it's not the same thing. You're not going to get the same amount done, and when the finished product comes out, it's not going to look as good. Right. So having that that those people, it it means the world. Yeah, it goes both ways. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like it, uh, like the the value, like it like monetarily is like priceless for like. Good people, absolutely. I mean, hard to find. Very, very hard to find. Because I, I mean, like, another thing is a lot of people in this. Uh, it's a shame, but a lot of people in this industry. When I say industry, I don't mean like Hollywood, but like in this short film, like kind of culture. Yeah, 
It, that's what it is, is a culture. Yeah, they, a lot of people will think too highly of themselves. And it's like, bro, you got to, oh, yeah, you've got to relax. Like, you holy shit. You got a lot more shit. work to do, man. You got a lot, got a lot of work to do. When, when anyone meets someone new or meets a new group of people, you got to shut up and ask questions when you're allowed to. And then when, when you think they have time. And then that's how you build relationships. That's how you build friendships. And you get to be yourself by allowing yourself to like mold into that culture instead of just trying to take it over and being like, I'm hot shit. This is how we're going to do it. Um, especially for anything artistic, because if you're invited onto a set, Mm -hmm. bro, it's not your set. It's someone else's. True. Um, or even when it is your set, like you can't be too demanding when all those people are there voluntarily. That too. I mean, that's the other thing I say to a lot of people. It's like, I'm not, I don't have the money to pay these people. Like we're doing out of a passion. So, I expect passionate people in return. I'm going to be passionate um, about it with them. But you can't demand too much because you got to remember people live lives. You know, they have things to do. Yeah. They, they're humans too. Especially but, um, right now. Especially right now. That's the other thing, though, saying, like, getting passionate people to do it with you, people that believe in it like you do, is also really important because you know that when it comes time to work, when it comes time to put in those late hours, they're going to want to. And if they don't, exactly. if they don't want to... Well, I mean, like I said a lot about them. You can't blame them, but you know for next time, okay, uh, that's their limit. Mm-hmm. I got to find someone with a larger threshold. Mm-hmm. So, and I then think like it, you just said yeah. with the want thing, if you don't want what you're yes. doing, and then you're obviously doing the wrong thing. Yeah. That's a big part of it. It's another thing, too, It's which is kind of scary. A lot of people, including myself, unfortunately, it's like you think you want things. And maybe you do for a moment, and then a day changes, and you're mm-hmm. like, that was real. I don't want this anymore. Right. And I feel like we're all victims of that. Sometimes. Yeah. And like we're human. It's like trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what you want. And that's why I was asking before what's your plan with all of this? Because I, I personally have a problem where it's like, I cannot have a hobby. It's either I do it completely or I uh, move on and do something else. I have a million um, hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I can't, I can't, um, you know, get happiness out of some doing something just on the side. Like I gotcha. have to do it completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you lost anything because of how, like, because of like burnout? Because you've tried so hard. Um, it depends on how you look at it. Okay, I, mean, I spent a lot of money. Yeah, fucking no, over bro. The time. Don't even, t- bro. <laughs> <laughs> over, the, over this amount of time, uh, the amount of money that has gone into this, um, uh, not even. It's kind of like almost involuntary, you know. I mean, like for example, uh, one of the prop cars I bought as my daily driver, you know. Yeah. Um, so I got my use out of it and let's just say it was still a good car, but I destroyed it for the movie. Jeez. Now bro. some people would be like, which one is this? Do I know this one? This car? Uh, Tallahassee, the uh, number three on the side. Oh, okay. Uh, Escalade. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Zombieland. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a Zombieland Easter egg in the, uh, yeah. in the movie. But, um. You destroyed that thing? Yeah. Yeah. It looked fine when I saw it. Uh. Maybe I just didn't see it at the right angle. I don't know. Maybe you didn't see it the last because you wouldn't have you wouldn't have known it was that car. Oh, okay. It was a turned into a SWAT truck and holy it was shit! A cop well, car. How, what do you mean? How did they, how did you do that? Was like, it well, I I mean, it was like a SWAT. Did you uh, like cut a hole in the roof or something? No, not like a SWAT tank, but like a SWAT like SUV. Okay. Yeah, just like that. Had the push bumper on the front, the big you know blocky letters on the side that said yeah. SWAT, um, bars on the windows, those kind of things, and then in that scene. Uh, it's during the collapse and I'm driving it because we kind of had no choice but to take it. And me and my officers are in the car and uh, we turn on a street and there's a riot and we have to, we have no choice but to drive through this riot. Jesus Christ. 
and uh, the it's riders brutal. break every window. They pull Bro. me out of the car. They start hurting us. That, that you cops. had to have got that in the first shot, then. Yes, indeed. Uh, which is crazy. Um, I never knew this, by the way, but uh, like that kind of glass, like your your uh, passenger and driver window, yeah. sir, out of the way around. Um, that stuff is itchy. Like itchy? man, it's itchy when it gets well, on your you, skin. Well, you broke glass and That's put it on true, your body. But it was so <laughs> small and fine that it was like sand. I think it does that, so it doesn't hurt people. That's true, so it doesn't cut you. But it yeah. was itchy, man. Um, yeah, they pull like us out the, of the car. The, the windshield is covered in plastic, so it doesn't shatter onto you. Well, yeah, most people don't know a windshield is made of two pieces of glass. It's two glass. Two yeah, it's one left? piece and then a, a big thing of like adhesive, basically, yeah. and then another piece. Yeah, that's why it doesn't shatter. Yes, when it you know, or it doesn't break into shards. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, they broke the windshield, uh, threw an axe through the windshield. Actually, um, yeah. What? Yep. What the hell? Uh, yeah. Like a hatchet or an axe? Which is crazy too. Um, I do all my own stunts. So well, who, yeah, who else are you gonna get to do them for you? True, you know? true, true. When uh, I, since I was the one driving when okay. they when the riders broke the driver's window, yeah. um, I had my very trusted uh, one of my best friends, Jerry Jerry Ward, um, football player, uh, just got signed. Actually, walk on tryouts. Nice, amazing. Um. Wow. Really proud of him. Uh, yeah, I had him. Gave him a baseball bat. I said, don't hit me. And I got in the car, started rolling, and uh, shout out to Hunter for filming that scene in the passenger seat um, while, you know, glass flew at him, and he didn't move. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, uh, it just said, hit me. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. All the people were shaking the car to make it look like it was moving, and, and then all of a sudden – crack and then uh the glass it was just the greatest shot ever and, i've uh, got i haven't seen that i gotta no, see you that will. You will. i've got to see you that today actually that is so awesome that's uh, so cool you want it i could give you that scene i'll put it in you can pop it up yeah but uh people always say oh yeah put this in and then they always forget to send it to me I'll but i to also you. forget to remind them so it's my fault too. Gotcha. it's only a minute that scene is only a minute and 30 if you just use the certain parts but uh wow yeah crazy scene I mean, like... It's very inspired by War of the Worlds. I don't know if you've seen I that. I love War of the Worlds. Remember uh, when they were getting World, pulled out of the yes, car? Yes, War of the Worlds is so... G- regardless of it being an alien movie, it's so good about showing uh, human hysteria. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest takeaways from that movie. Mm-hmm. So good at that. And That's yet, what The Walking Dead's about. Most people don't realize. They think, oh, it's a stupid zombie show. It's about the people. It's about people. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, what, what would happen if that actually went down, you know? Yeah. But, uh, um, but that War of the Worlds scene with when he opens the glass with his yes. hands... That is desperate. such a good scene. So desperate. Uh, oh, and then when uh, Tom Cruise, my dad actually went to high school with Tom Cruise. That's amazing. My yeah, I got I got a picture. High school with uh, Shaq. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah, same oh graduating God. class. Shaq's, isn't he like eight feet tall? Yeah. Um. Fucking. But that scene also where Tom Cruise is in the uh, the river or the bay or whatever, and he t- and he swims with his kids to land or something. Um, yeah, during yeah. that scene, like the the aliens get the uh the ship mm-hmm. from the water. That like even that, so it's like how hard that is. Or what about the scene where he's no spoilers, but uh, where um he beats the man in the basement. Yeah, he's locked in that. You room ever with him? listen to the original War of the Worlds? Oh yeah, that because was an amazing. It story. takes place in that basement. Wow. Yeah, a large part of it because it, the guy that's that. the guy that's talking on the radio, or whatever he says that like I'm in the basement, like I'm in here and I'm watching through this window. That's crazy. So so that basement. I scene, love Easter eggs. Yeah, man. that basement scene is a callback to the original. I love thing. That. You know about all like the hysteria with that, right? With what the do you original. Yo, well, out. yes. It was in Boston, I think. So well, let, let me give like a little rundown, unless you want to do it. I mean, like the um about the whole people got worried, got scared, like yeah. so. 
the reason why so okay for anyone back that doesn't in the 30s, know 30s right I'm not sure. It was only radio back then, no TV. When World of Worlds, the original came out, it was a, it was a radio broadcast, and people... And this, what was this, the show? Well, beca- the reason why people got scared mm-hmm. is because they advertised the broadcast right. as a, a court, like a, an orchestra. So they would have the, an orchestra play mm-hmm. music for like five minutes, and, and, then, then, and, then, and then we'd cut out and be like, we interrupt, we just yes. want to let everyone know uh, some... Uh, like. People saw something going on in space. Right. Uh, we'll give you updates soon. And mm-hmm. then every, like, five, three minutes, it would give another update exactly. until the entire thing cut out. It was like, we have to interrupt this whole program. Uh, there's breaking news. Mm-hmm. So people were listening to this orchestra. They tuned in at the wrong time. Yeah. Or late. Well, not even that. I mean, like, even if they tuned in at the beginning, people still thought it was just an orchestra. Really? I thought they warned people that this would be a show. I'm not, I have to listen to it again. That's but true. E- either way, yeah, especially if you jumped in late because yeah. you think it was an orchestra and they kept cutting in and out. However... So people, Lohan, before we, I say the however, um, so people were listening to this, and they got so scared that they were, like, driving away to high ground. Some people were mm-hmm. killing themselves. It was, it, like, yeah. people were going crazy. They thought it was, like, they were actually being attacked by aliens. Yeah. the whole city of Boston was just but going crazy. the thing I heard is that that's, although that might be true, it's not as big as we think it is historically. Gotcha. Because pe- people say that, like, Although people were scared, not that much happened. But then also people say a lot did happen. So I don't think we have the actual, like, no definite story. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like, un- I, although I don't want people to die, it is very interesting thinking about how everyone fucking, like, went crazy. Yeah. Like, that's awesome, though. Like, <laughs> fucking, like, Good job to shit. the guys yeah. who made that Orson Welles, just um, amazing. <laughs> <clears throat> He's, he, what a talent, that guy. I mean, like, ever seen Citizen Kane? No. I mean, like, it's hard to get through for a lot of people, like, including myself, because it's, it's kind of kind of drags. Yeah, it's considered, like, the movie, like, the, the peak of cinema. Wow. Um, I can't believe I haven't seen it. A lot of people haven't seen it. But, uh, I'm like, the name, though. It's, it, it's by Orson Welles, and it has, it's pretty good for people that are learning about the film, but I don't think you need to watch it to be good at making films. Gotcha. Um, but it's like, if, if you want to, impress the people that like don't matter then you should probably watch it you know what I'm saying? like people like like have you seen citizen <laughs> kane if you haven't you're not a real filmmaker it's like if you want to impress them then you should probably watch it but otherwise it doesn't fucking matter i think you're not a real filmmaker if you haven't seen pulp fiction really <laughs> come on I mean, i've come seen on. it that's, but that's the movie that's the movie I mean, why do you say that though because it's uh i think that's how every movie should be built is that non-linear well, you mean like how each story? Storytelling, yeah. Yes, but I mean, because mine's totally like, like it's fucked. If you don't pay like attention, everywhere. you're gonna get lost quick in mine. Okay. Because uh, you know, like that whole beginning sequence when the collapse happens, mm-hmm. that happens around forty minutes in. Oh. The beginning of the movie, it's like a flashback. Yeah, that's what it is. But it's not like the screen goes blurry and like you hear the harp music. It's not like that. It's so if you don't pay attention, it's one of those things that people be like, "Wait, how are we?" How did we get here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the beginning is it is in a way chronological, but then we have a lot of flashbacks okay. that give you more information. Uh but yeah, pulp fiction because I love how at the end you see how it all comes together because that's real life. Like that's what happens mm-hmm. in real life. It's like the butterfly. Well, thing. I heard that I don't know if this is true. So people were speculating that pulp fiction is about second chances. Because it keeps going non-linear, so Absolutely. It's, so it's about like, oh, he's alive again. Let's, uh, he's got a second chance, but he's still gonna always end up doing the right. same thing. You see his out. You, most of the time, you see their outcome. Yeah. Like, first, 
But the rest of the movie, you're chasing the hope that they change. You it. know, what my first introduction to that movie was mm-hmm. when I was like eight years old. I turned the TV on, and it was literally the scene where like where he was getting. Oh like, man, yeah, That's, and yeah. I had no idea. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then years later, I watched. I'm like, oh, this is that movie yeah. that I saw by accident when I was eight years old. So it, it was weird. But it's one of my favorite actors is in that movie. Who? Um, Bing Rames. Which one is that? That guy. The black guy. Oh, okay. The, uh, the big guy, yeah. yeah. I know that. I love him. He's cool. He's cool. I, I don't know his name. He was in Dawn of the Dead 2004. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I I watched that. He's the cop. can't remember much about that movie, but I did watch it. You ever watch the movie uh, John Dies at the End? That's a movie that probably cost $200 to make. Really? Well, no. It was probably like... No, nah, I know what you mean. Probably like 50 grand or something. I have the book, though. Uh, right here, John dies at the end. But I feel like that's a movie like people like you or I or someone that's like, I got a cell phone, let's do it. They would make it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it remind I don't know why it reminded me of uh, the movie we were just re- referencing, but it's like the world is like being taken over by like DMT monsters, basically. Um, I gotta watch that. It's cool, but it's like really B. It's like a B movie. But it's kind. Okay. It is funny. I love B movies. Well, I mean, like There's nothing wrong. No, not at all. I mean, like it's funny because it's so fucking stupid. The mm-hmm. book is a as a comedic comedic sci-fi. Okay. Um, but there's like this one part. It's my favorite. It's my favorite line. He literally just says he's on a stage and he's about to sing for a uh, a group of people. He's like a like a rock musician, but like mm-hmm. small time. He's like, you know, I once knew a man. Nah, I made that part up. And then he starts <laughs> playing his music. I don't know why. It's my favorite line. I'm like, that's funny. Um, it is. But they talk about how when you go to sleep and, like, a cannon goes off at the same time thunder in the real world goes off. Mm-hmm. Like, how did your mind know to time that up with the thunder? Um, oh, yeah. So it talks about that. It's pretty cool. Um, so it's like kind that. of serious, but, like, you have you have to sit down and, like, dissect it to get anything serious about it because that's it's right. kind of re- stupid. I love working while watching a movie. I know yeah. a lot of people don't. A lot of people, like, they just like to sit and watch a movie. But, like, I like putting in the work to understand yeah. a story. And I it's actually funny. I can't rem- remember what Hunter's face looks like that well. But he he kind of reminds me. Like, I feel like he'd be able to act as John in the movie. Really? Yeah. I think he look. I think Hunter looks a lot like Brad Pitt. He hates, he's going to hate me for saying that. Why, is he, why would he hate you? Because that's what everyone tells him, and he hates it. Is that a bad thing? That's My what God. I say to him, and he's like, no, it's not, but I just, that's all people say. I have like, who do, I'd ask, every, if everyone thought I looked like Brad Pitt, I'd ask everybody, hey, what do I look like? That's right. <laughs> you better believe it. Um, that's awesome. It's kind of funny, because the guy kind of looks like Brad Pitt in the movie. That's funny. A young Brad Pitt. Um, he's got, like, the, the hair from, like, Fight Club. Um... Which is an awful book, in my opinion, but a great movie. Great movie. Um, so, okay, so look, I I want to go back to some of the filming stuff. I, I want to go to the writing. My writing? Your writing. Gotcha. I, what? I never even finished explaining the plot. It's all right. I can real quick. That, that I promise it'll be quick. All right, go ahead. You want to finish it real yeah, quick? Yeah, real quick. Where did I leave off? I, I left off at the, uh, seven at the minutes. chaos, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we get separated, me and my wife. Yeah. Um. So, uh. We're not legally married, but she's my real wife in real life. Um, okay. So she plays her part. Like, okay. It's the same. You married? No, not technically. Oh, I was like, basically. what the fuck just happened? I <laughs> you asked that already. I did ask that, but I, Long when time I ago. look look at us getting away from the point again. Hold oh. on, real quick. <laughs> I asked, like, oh, you married? And um, I don't know what you said, but you didn't give me a definite yes. I, yeah, I said something like, um, 
kind of. I think you said it's complicated or something. Something like something that. Something like that. And then I was like, oh, okay. And now you're now you were like uh, my wife. I'm like, wait, wait a second, hold on. It's I, just easier to say. It is. Know? And she does, she deserves more than the title I'm like, of girlfriend. Well, my yeah, well, my girlfriend and I we, we don't plan on getting legally married because we think it's kind of stupid. Nah, um, I know what you mean. But anyway, keep going. Um, yeah, we got separated. Um, I'm not gonna say where she went, but I my character has an inkling of where she did go. Okay, you know, like if this if it was the end of the world, where would we meet? You know, if we can't go home, where would we go? We, you know, we both have that mindset, as most people would. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's if you a get hard lost, question to answer. It is, but if it's the end of the world, you have no choice but to just go for it. You know? Yeah. Either that or die. Well, that's why they say when you get lost, stay in one place so the other person can find you. True, but what if that one place that you were yeah. separated at isn't, like, yeah. normal to you? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. So you would probably go somewhere where you're more comfortable. It's, that's hard. But uh, ultimately, um, my character goes back home to see if she's there. She's not, because um, uh, it was basically too dangerous. Um, so then he sets out on this trek to go to the one place that he can think of that makes sense. And to most people, it'd be like, that makes no sense, because it's over, like, like, a thousand miles away. Um, mm-hmm. but it makes sense in the movie because that's where the evacuation evacuation route would have gone if she was a part of it. You know what I mean? So, uh, before leaving, um, I encounter a man, uh, who does not seem fit to live in this world whatsoever. He's blind as well as a mute. So he can't communicate with me and he can't see me try to communicate with him. He can only hear me. Thank God he spoke English. But, uh, yeah. So his name is Michael. How did he survive? What the hell? That's the question. I yeah. mean, it's. Uh, like, but I encounter him, and I'm baffled. Like, yeah. How? How? How could you make it? Period. Yeah. You know. Um. I ask him, "Were you always blind?" And he he responds by writing, which is surprising, in on a notebook. Yes. No. I uh, I said um. I asked him, are you blind at when I first meet him? And he writes down, yes, but I wasn't always. So that's how he remembers how to write still. And his writing isn't perfect, you know, yeah. um, but it's legible. Um, so I communicate through talking to him and guiding him in a way because I'm not just going to leave him because that's my character, you know. I mean, his whole, the whole reason why he got separated from his wife because he tried to hold out as long as he could to help save people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so him and Michael... Uh, they leave on this journey together because what else is Michael going to do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's going to have to follow this guy yeah. unless he wants or to he kick dies. the bucket. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, they take off and they start heading north where the last place he can think of to find his wife. Um, they, they're on this journey together. It's a long journey. Uh, they become best friends, basically. You know, I mean, against all the odds, they're able to communicate w- together and uh, have a very close bond. Um, very close to uh, g- getting to the place that this character... By the way, my character has no name. He is nameless. Oh, okay. It is up to the audience to name him because I want you to feel like you know him. You know what I mean? So you never once hear my character's Fight name. Fight Club? <laughs> Huh? Like oh, club. kinda. They don't. You don't. They, he's, he's. I did that na- unintentionally. He's but the yeah. narrator. No one yes, knows what his name is. Basically, yeah. Um, 
like all the deputies call him boss or you know stuff like that. You never hear yeah. his real name, and uh, which is funny because every other character has a name. But how do you how do you credit him? In the credits, how would you credit the character? I really didn't. I mean, I did the credits already, but it's kind of just like it just says written and directed by Daniel Ellsworth, which is me. But I didn't have to credit myself for it. Yeah, but like if you like, so if you did, like if you had to, what would you say? Uh, character one. I guess I would put opening character. Okay, because he's the first guy. That's you a see. good way of doing it, I guess. Uh, anyway, we right before getting to the location that I hope my wife is at. Um, we encounter some less than friendly people and uh, it doesn't go well. Um, it's a very hard thing to deal with as, as for what happens. And um, so uh, ultimately I'm not going to spoil anything, but in between that period and like the resolution uh, we come back one more time for like a second climax of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is now ten years into the future. Uh, my you look great. <laughs> well, you saw. I know. How he yeah, 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 yeah. He's gray and he's old and he's stressed and um, they have their own community. Um, I'm not going to say anything other than they. They. You know, I'm there, but that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, we have our community and we are faced with challenges that are pretty regular for that type of life you know in the walking dead universe um with walkers and if you watch the show you know in the future um 10 years ahead into the show like present day right now where the show is um you know most walkers clump together and yeah come together as giant herds um so i mean encountering a straggler here or there is nothing but the one thing you have to worry about a lot is herds redirecting them and making sure they don't walk through your community because they like a herd that big will just yeah plow through anything. Uh, so that's the, and just so you guys know, like Danny also like all the actors he has, he has like a good bunch of like extras to be like walkers and stuff. It's yes. actually really cool. I'm always in like need it, of extras yeah, and it, we are very safe when it comes to protocol for yeah. Corona. And it, it's not just uh like, Oh, the walkers over there and the cameras doesn't show them. Like, you know, he has a whole bunch of people. Right. Which is really, which is Up really close awesome. and personal. Honestly, I feel like that would have been the hardest part. Is to it like, was, yeah. Um, that scene is still not done, but uh, it will be soon. Um, yeah. So we encounter a problem like that, and it's kind of like the end all be all problem of the movie. And uh, cliffhanger, by the way. Okay. I will say that. So is the so that's the plot. It's kind of like the whole thing. It's like uh, him trying to find his wife. Like that's one of the that's like the biggest plot point. Uh, yes. Okay, or the biggest, like, action. Right. I mean, like... And honestly, the whole movie is um, ha- was inspired uh, by my greatest fears in life. How so? Zombies, uh, like... I've always had problems with my vision. Um, I actually uh, just got LASIK eye surgery. I think I that knew that. That was a big step. Yeah, because I used to wear glasses. Do you not need glasses anymore? Nope. Congratulations. I mean, I'm not 2020 yet because I'm still healing, which is, like, so do you scary. See, do you see, like, those, like, weird things in the lights, like the stars when you look at lights? It might not work with these lights because they're. I know what you mean. No. They're like a hundred like floaters. Uh, yeah, is that what I'm? So yeah, I'm we all have floaters, actually, believe it or not. Um, some more than others, but that, uh, I think my my uh, my cousin got LASIK because he flies helicopters in the Marines. So gotcha. he's like, "You got to do this." Yeah, like, all right. It was an intense uh, experience, but um, yeah. Before that, um, I was worried about like having to get because I never wanted LASIK. 
Um, I always had glasses, and I was like, like when I'm like when I'm forty, am I gonna have glasses like this thick? Yeah, because I had a bad big prescription, and I was like, I got to do something about it. Otherwise, I'm gonna look like my neighbor who has glasses yeah. that thick. So, so, so one of your fears was that was a uh, blindness or like the yeah, not, not being able to see. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. What like else? the ultimate fear would be blindness, but um. Uh, what else? Oh, um. Feeling alone and not being able to communicate. Yeah. yeah. Like Michael. That's know. upsetting. Yeah. It's scary. Definitely. I mean, not being heard is one of the worst things ever. I think I don't think yeah I don't think people realize even people that are, that are lonely. I don't think people realize everything they do is so others, someone else could be involved in it. Right. Even like hermits. I mean, like people that don't want to be around anyone, they still subscribe to, you know, they want to watch television. They want to go on YouTube. They want to read a book. It's like Mm -hmm. your life needs to involve other humans. Otherwise your brain's going to eat itself alive. Yeah. So it's also just uh, human nature. Absolutely. We are. Yeah. We're um, a social creature. Right. Um, Other fears. Uh, I can't really say much else without being no worries. Spoilers, yeah, no worries. Uh, well, okay, let's move on because I want I want to ask you about the writing ah. because one of my favorite things to ask writers, even though it's kind of like you're not allowed to ask writers this, uh, like where do your ideas come from? Like what what is it that sets you off? Like oh, this is a good idea. Let's write this down. Um, like, that's like a forbidden question, but I always ask it. I don't think so. I think it's a really good question. Try, try asking Stephen King what you your ideas well, yeah, from. Okay, he'll, good luck. He'll be like, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, like who yeah. the fuck? How'd are you get you? here? <laughs> Uh, okay, so the writing, um, originally one last time is the title. Uh, it was originally titled some time ago. Um, I began writing it in fifth grade. Okay. Uh, like the idea, you know, um, I always wanted it to be about zombies. At first I wanted it to be like crazy fast zombies not world war z but just like sprinters that like, kind of thing um, like Dawn of the 28 Dead. days later yeah um that's a scary movie it is uh, i always loved the classic you know shoot them in the head and they're dead not like uh 28 days later you could shoot them anywhere and they'd pretty much die because they were still like human in a way uh but i always liked the classic zombie um just fast yeah that's what it was originally and then in 2017 i was like you know what it's too mainstream uh, let's write a story about um, like a disease that wiped everyone out, which is ironic. But um, yeah. that's what it was in 2017. And back then it was only supposed to be 10, 15 minutes long. Uh, same story, just not as adapted. You know, it just had this just straight plot point A to B yeah. or like A, B and C. And uh, it didn't have Michael in it. It didn't have any of that. And 2018, um, or the yeah 2018 i met um lexi my wife and uh mm-hmm. she inspired me to write everything that has been added to it um she opened my eyes up to a lot you know of a lot of real world stuff and um i pretty much applied all of that everything that i've always thought of and everything that i wanted to be okay with like like the eyes and not being able to communicate all that stuff. I wanted to be okay with uh, opening up about that. So that's how I wrote about it. Uh, okay. In that way. So you were like, it's cool being able to, um, to each one of your fears or each one of your, the, the things that you don't like about life or the possibilities that you might have to encounter. Mm-hmm. Attaching each one of those things to a character would be yes. really good. So like, 
each one is kind of like a metaphor for a fear, which is really cool. Absolutely. That's also why my character doesn't have a name because pretty much everything he goes through, if you look at it from a different angle and not just surviving the apocalypse, it's something that we all go through. Yeah. You know, if you, if you say you don't, then you're not human. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you don't, cause I, a lot, I said this to a lot of writers, a lot of screenwriters, um, if they're also the ones directing it, it doesn't matter if it follows the rules of screenwriting because you're the yeah. only one that has to fucking worry about it. Yes. Um, do you do you ever, um, or ha or have you ever thought about writing something and like sending it out or trying to like do like a contest or is it just do you just want to write your story and do your story? Uh, you mean like write something and have someone else direct it? Well, you just like okay, so for instance. Johnny, who's also a screen, who's a screenwriter, like phenomenal screenwriter. Yeah, he follows every single rule of screenwriting, every single rule, because he wants to like, if he can, in the event that it's possible, which I think it is, he wants to be you know a screen. He wants to sell his screen screenplays to actual you know producers, directors. Oh, okay. He wants to make them real. Right. So for you to be able to send it out and someone pick it up. They have to follow every single rule. Yeah, that's writing. not my motive. That's not your thing. So, and which is kind of fun when you oh, yeah. when, you, when you're the only person that has to you know worry about deciphering what you mean. You doesn't you don't have to follow any rules. Right. You know what you meant and you and you write it out. Mm -hmm. So and that's what you do, correct? Yes. Because I have another friend. Her name's Sasha, who was actually the first guest on this podcast. She um she's also uh, she's a filmmaker. And I was telling her because when she she'll send me her screenplays and be like, "Can you critique this for me? Tell me what you think." And mm -hmm. I'm like, "Okay, well, I gotta ask you a few questions. Do you want me to tell you what I think about the story, or do you want me to like critique like the little things, like um, the rules of screenwriting?" And I told her, "If you're the only one that has to read this, I don't want to tell you about the rules. Right. Let's talk about the story." So I was very interested. I'm curious, like, because you just write, you only worry about the story because no one else is reading it but you, right? Correct. Uh, no one knows anything about yeah, the story. So that other than what I, I feel told like them, that makes it a lot simpler. Like, it, like you can relax when you're writing. You have to worry about like yes and no because I really want to share it, but I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, like people still will still understand it. You just couldn't give it out to someone. And be like, hey, would you want to pick this up? Because the odds are they'll just say no. Because what happens is, oh yes, what, yeah, they won't. They won't. They won't. It's not even that's like when a director or, like, a director's assistant gets a whole bunch of screen, look at, like, 100 screenplays, and they have to read all of them. So what they do is, like, if there's one, like, period missing, they'll be like, all right, I'm throwing this away. The story could be great, yeah, but they don't, they don't have time. See, I don't I don't follow the rules because I don't yeah. know a single rule about filmmaking that's, yeah. at all. Well, and Johnny would say the same thing. Johnny's a great writer, but he also, like, I don't know any terms or the rules for, like, filmmaking. I'm illiterate right? when it comes to that. But... It's so funny because those people end up making like really good films because I, I think th it's really pretentious when people say like you got to learn this, you got to do that, and like you got to go to film school, whatever. Makes you not interested in it. Makes you so interested. You want to be you. That's why I want it to be my hobby. Yeah, I mean, like Hunter hates me for that. Why? I've been Explain adding him that. a lot, but uh, he is like, dude, like, work with me, just like, please, like, can we uh, do something? Like, I can't believe you're just gonna do this, and then that's it. And I'm just like, well, okay, well, I mean, just in case people forgot, Hunter is the old CEO of a small student production company. And um, they were, uh, they are friends. And I guess that you guys have a disagreement on how hard or how, what, how you go about filming. Uh, yes. He, um, 
he is a by the book man, and okay. I am not. <laughs> so okay. we clash a lot in good ways. Well, though. What, what, is, what do you mean when you, you said he wanted you to do something? Uh, like he wants you. To he like, wants me to pursue this as a career. Okay. And I'm like, nah. Why not though? Well, a I promised my mom, I don't. I do another profession, so I gotta I make mama my happy. Mom, yeah, it's true. Profession. Um, and because I don't want to move to Hollywood, and I know I don't. Hollywood's have to. not. I know a thing anymore. It's Georgia. That's where. That's f- true. That's where it's I going. I would love to live in Georgia. Georgia is the new Hollywood, and no one could. No one could convince me otherwise. Hmm. That's it. That's you true. don't even have to change uh, time zone. That's true. I mean, the thing is though, like if I was to do this as a career, I'd want to do it like George Romero. Like, he did all his stuff in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Like, he just did it there. It's a different world, though, man. It's different Back then, now. you mean? Yeah. Well, it's yeah, back yes then. no. Because, well, I mean, like, well, what I mean to say is, like, like, you look at, you look at people, really successful people, at, like, back, that back then are, like, 80 years old now, and they tell you, like, what they did. George died. Rest in peace, George. And it's like, yeah. People back then will say, this is how we did these things. Why don't you do it, too? It's like, because there's a lot more people in the world, which means there's a lot more competition and a lot more is expected of you. So you can make YouTube videos. You can make YouTube videos. You can make great short films. Um, but no, unfortunately, unfortunately, no one's going to care unless you are somebody or someone that is somebody promotes you. I mean, like it's one of the reasons. You think why, so? Well, I think so. Right. Because one of the re- Okay, look. I think it just takes one thing to get noticed. Yeah, no, I think so too. But okay, so I, last night uh, I said this to you before the show. I was talking to this kid who's YouTuber. He's got a little over two thousand uh, subscribers, right. and I was like, "Hey, man, come critique my pod- podcast." He's like, "Hell yeah, I'll do that for you." We talked over Discord. <clears throat> we were talking to each other about a whole bunch of stuff. And the thing is, like, I want to relate my podcast to what you're doing and why I'm making the point I'm making because mm-hmm. my podcasts are like an hour and a half to two hours long. Yeah, and I'm literally a nobody as of right now. So it's very difficult for new people to be like, let me click on this video. Unless, unless I got people like you, I get people like uh, the, my last episode or all the episodes before, all the people I'm going to have uh, going forward. When I have them on, they bring new people onto the you know podcast, like subscri- su- subscribers. Um, I rely on collaboration, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. I like it, and I'd like to believe I'm semi-good at this. Yeah, you are. So that's what, that's what helps me. But I couldn't do it on my own, right? So when I do this, if I made a podcast and it was just me talking to a camera, yeah. I would be here for a decade before anyone cared. Maybe. But I was talking to this kid on, on YouTube, and he was telling me, like, yeah, listen, man, regardless of how well the interview goes, regardless of, you know, how good the set looks because, you know, you, know, you want to look professional, mm-hmm. unless – you know, it's the the thumbnail, the title, or, like, you have someone on with, like, a lot of clout, the odds are very low. I say, you're right, because it's what I've experienced. I've been on YouTube for a year now. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to go, and this is going to go back to what you were saying, how it just takes one video, one thing, one one thing to get noticed. I'm going to go back to my other channel, and that's going to be my personal channel, where I, I, I make stuff, I, I talk about funny things, whatever, mm-hmm. and that's how, that, yeah, that's how I could build an audience and bring them over here. And right. I do have an audience here, but... Obviously, I just started. It's been three months. So what I'm saying is, yes, you can, you know, have that one video. You could have that one short film, that one feature length, whatever, that gets you out there. But the odds are very low when you're start, just starting out. I mean, like, having... It's, I mean, true. It's, tr- it's true. To a certain point. I mean, like, am I completely 100% correct? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No way. But 
it's really hard to just do it like that. So I feel like you have to. It is, but it only gets harder if you look at it that way. I know what you're saying, but I'm, I'm a really pragmatic thinker. So like you like statistics and that kind of stuff. Yes. See, I don't. And that's that's fine. No, like you're, I know. you're you're, you're kind of like my mother. My mother does the same thing. She's she's like the the positive thinking. Like if, well, if yeah. you believe, you achieve. You know. Yeah, um, definitely. Which is I mean, fine. It's a good you know lifestyle to have. Um, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier thinking that way. Um, and and you know, I might be you know, it might be a detriment to me by thinking this way. But I feel no, it's a safe way. I feel like pragmatically thinking about things has helped me more. But I think what I also do, which a lot of pragmatic people don't do, mm-hmm. is something that you might be able to relate to. Maybe is that if I can't end up doing the things I want to do, then it my life isn't worth it. Exactly. So I have to continue. Like one of the uh, there's a quote by Ernest Hemingway. He says, "When you stop doing things for fun, you might as well be dead." Yeah. And I I believe that so much. So. I'm pragmatic where I know, like, if I want to get this podcast going, mm-hmm. I got to keep inviting people. I got to talk to people. I got to have fun. Um, but I also have to go to my other channel and promote it there and b- build clout. I have to go to TikTok. I have to go to Instagram. I have to build I want people here to listen to Danny, to right. listen to Kayla, I mean, to listen using to Johnny. S- that's strategy. Yes. There's but I also know how hard that's going to be. And most people that are pragmatically thinking are going to say, that's so hard. The odds of that happening are very low. I'm going to get a safe job. They are low, but they're not zero. Well, that's what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm trying to say, right? The pr- most pragmatic people would be like, I'm going to do something different because the odds are very low. I'm pragmatic, whereas I know if I don't do this, I'm going to be miserable. Right. Pragmatically speaking. So you're applying it in yes. a good way. Yes. But so what I'm saying is it's very hard to build something when you just started, like every like everybody. Um. So I'm like, I don't remember exactly how this started. I was a huge rant just now. But I think being able to... It started with me saying I don't want to do this as a career because Hunter got mad at me. Yeah, okay, that's right. Because I think um, for you to make something, if if you're trying to, like Hunter, I don't know if this is what he wants to do, but if you're trying to make something of yourself in this kind of field, I'm like so much has to be done. Whereas, oh, I was saying with George Romero, it's like it's a different world now where you can't just throw caution to the wind and and fall upon success because back then there weren't that many competitors. It's true. But, but now... I believe if you really make something of quality... Yeah, I, like, I agree with you. I agree with you, Danny. I'm saying, yeah, if, if you can make something of quality, people are going to care. It's just a matter of getting people to see what you made. Yeah, and that's like the getting hard noticed. Part. Yeah, that's like, the hard like part. Like having the media like talk about something that's important that, rather yeah. than just media. That's Yeah, that's the hardest yeah, of part. Of course that's hard, and but I, it's I, not I, impossible. Not impossible. I always tell people, though, like, no matter who you are or what you do, you're always going to find your piece of the internet. I promise those people are out there. The hard part is getting to those people. So that's, that's where we're at. And that's Very true, but I'm a firm believer in that, like, if, if, like, you spend all your time looking for something, you might miss what it was you're looking for. Actually, it's funny you say that. Do you know the term hyper-intention? I think so. So there's this book right here. It's psychology. It's called uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Um, he's a Holocaust survivor. You got that? Um, and, he, and, he, and he has, there's two parts of the book. The first part is about him surviving through Auschwitz. Okay. The second part is about him, you know, being a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not like a medical doctor. Like he's a like psychiatrist kind of doctor. And he talks about his uh, profession. And he talks about how 
one of the things he says to people is hyperintention means if you keep wanting one thing, if you keep trying to get that one thing because you're trying so hard, odds are you're probably not going to get it. Absolutely. Which is really scary because you could want, like imagine wanting something so hard and then not getting it. So it's funny you say that. I wanted to bring it up before, but I fear about hyperintention, trying so hard it doesn't happen. So So you're worried you might do that? Yeah, I, I mean, like, cause I know I try hard, I know I work hard, um, but then people like you, you're, you want to do it for fun, which is exactly what you're supposed to do, right. and in the event that you get success doing this, that's just a bonus, and I yeah. feel like I do have to have that mindset more often than I don't. I, I feel don't like look at it as a bonus, though. Like, I look at it as, like, I always have in the back of my mind, like, it could happen. Yeah. And if it does, then, <laughs> wow. But, uh, I mean, if it was something I was chasing like that's what i wanted i mm-hmm. wanted to be famous and be a director and like be like a steven spielberg or yeah. quentin tarantino yeah. if i wanted to be someone like that i don't really think i would be going to school for it still like yeah I no think, neither, yeah no I, absolutely i think i would just keep doing what i'm doing just on a like a bigger pace like like uh i don't know i think i would definitely just keep making things and but I would never sacrifice my quality for making more just to hope that it gets seen. It's like when you put more tickets in a basket to win a to like a, win a prize. You put more tickets in because you think one's definitely going to get pulled out because there's a million in there. I'd rather have like four great movies like Tarantino because he has like... You know, he has like six, like six or nine. Yeah, but like he doesn't make that many movies. No, you know he I mean? doesn't. So, yeah. But he's the guy. So like I'd rather make like two of those or four of them and then wait like you said, it might take you 10 years to sit here and do a podcast and talk through camera. I just yeah. would rather wait. I know some people can't, but I would rather live my life and just do what makes me happy rather than... Well, what makes you happy? Hmm? What makes you happy? Like what? Like if I wanted to get famous off this and I was just going to live my life? Is that what you mean? Well, what makes... No, like what, what... What... Is this enough for you? Oh, yeah. This is enough. Yeah. I mean, my life is... I'm... I mean... Getting it's a totally different subject. I mean, in my opinion, it revolves around everything and in everything. But uh, my life is given to God, so that's mm-hmm. who I hold responsible. It's for funny, everything. I just bought a Bible. Yeah, it's right there. It's a great read. Look at it. Look at it. It's so cool over there. I'm I'm trying to read. I'm trying to read all the religious texts, or at least a good lot of them. So I'm, and I'm starting you with look the. Like you're pretty far in. No, I. That's just there. Oh, okay. That, no, I didn't start. I'm. I'm still. I'm. I read two or three books at a time, so I got to finish those. I'm not a reader. It's okay. It's fine. But um, it's so yeah. No, I just want to mention that. I just think it's impressive. Like my girlfriend too reads. Yeah, I don't. I can't read. I can't read. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so that's what makes me happy is knowing that every day I am, in my in the way I look at it is I'm living my life, uh, doing God's will. Like, I believe we are supposed to have our own life and do our own thing, as long as it is in accordance with His will. I mean. Bobby would be like, well, what's his will? Like, what does that mean? Well, it's up for interpretation, I guess, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, that way I would interpret that would be just simply doing what's right, um, doing what makes you happy as long as you don't hurt anyone, like really hurt anyone. I mean, I know you have to be tough sometimes to get ahead in life. But I mean, I like been. physically hurt someone. Uh, yeah, you don't, I mean. Or like ruin their life. <laughs> right, yeah. Like don't go out of your way to be that kind of person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Live humbly. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, like, and things will come to you. Yeah. Like, I 
was just chilling the other day and you texted me to be on the show. Like, <laughs> I wasn't out like, well, you looking knew for a podcast that, like, to be on. I always wanted you on. Yeah, I, I always wanted to be on. I wanted you to I wanted to wait till you completed that thing, but I was like, look, I got an open I got an open yeah. date. Let's do it. It'll be a cool looking back on this one. It will be cool. One. Yeah. So. We'll talk about our old selves. Like look at those dummies. Yeah. Um But uh yeah, so I mean, you asked me, um, is this enough? Hell yeah. Like well, good then. I mean even if I didn't have what I have physically, like my movies or anything, um, it would be enough because it's all about your mindset. I truly believe that. Like your perception is everything. I uh-huh. mean, if you don't have the right perception of things, then anybody can look at life as terrible and shitty and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you don't look at it the right way at the right angle, then everything's terrible. And yeah, uh, yeah. And in, w- in a way, that's naive. I mean, just like how people, some people would say only naive is being like someone who thinks the world is great and sunshine and rainbows. Both, it goes both ways. Yeah, someone who, who views it as awful is the same as someone who uses it as perfect. Right, yeah. to that extent, yeah. Yeah. You just have to find your happy medium with everything. And I'm not saying be, uh, don't don't, yeah. s- don't settle. Don't settle at all. I mean, and it is hard to find what makes you happy, you know? Yeah, like, no, it is. I think just waking up every day is really, like... If you're <laughs> able to do that, if that's something... If you're able to wake up and be like, holy shit, this is incredible. I don't... I think you won. You yeah, won. exactly. That's why it's enough. I mean, I know everyone's... Because when you talk like this, it sounds like people, some people would look at you and be like, well, that's because your life's perfect or something like that. Yeah. But that's a cop out for someone to say that, in my opinion, because no one's life's perfect at all. I mean, yeah. some people do have it better than others. That's for sure. But well, I don't think anyone's trying to say Danny's life is perfect, though. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, if you ask me, is this enough? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm excited about it and whatnot. A lot of people be like, well, that's because you make movies and, like, you do what makes you happy and whatnot, like, whatnot. But, like, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean anything to the full extent of what's going on in my life, for example. Yeah. You know? I mean, no one truly knows you unless it's you and God, my and, opinion. And then even then, it's like, how well do you know yourself? Yeah. I mean, if you don't know where you're going to be tomorrow, how do you, how could, like... <laughs> We're getting philosophical. That's fine. It's my favorite. It's but, my uh, favorite thing. Me too. But uh, yeah, I mean, why are you? Why are people so worried about tomorrow when, like, what you do today is what determines tomorrow, in a way? I mean, it's hard to explain sometimes. No. I wasn't really prepared for this. No, it's okay. I, I I like this because, I mean, like, the kid I was talking to. I keep saying kid. He's like the same age as us. But the guy I was talking to. Uh, yesterday about YouTube. I mean, like, we were sharing with each other our schedules. And, like, I'll write six hours a day, and I'll do wow. YouTube six hours a day. Um, re- recently, I couldn't because I was, I've was i been doing YouTube, like, 12 hours a day just to edit what I needed to edit that was on the back burner. And now that I'm done, I can go back onto my schedule. But, like, some, I'm over here, and I'm like, okay, if you sleep, let's say, seven hours a night, and then it... I get like six. Six, seven hours a night. Six six to eight. Let's say you, you sleep six to eight hours a night. Then you... Your meal time, let's say, you, you spend an hour a day eating. 
you spend half an hour a day going to the bathroom, um, and like let's include the shower in that. Then it's like commuting to work, mm-hmm. actually going to work, um, and then it's like chores, it's uh, errands. By the end of the day, you have like four hours to yourself. Right. If you're someone who has like a full time job and like you're not young, if, if you if your if your youth is over, that's kind of where it's at. So it's like what you do with those hours is really important, you know, and to be able to find something that makes you happy enough to stop being tired and to do that is really important. But then it's like saying it's enough, right? Is that four hours enough for you to pursue what you enjoy? Or are you going to live the rest of your life thinking this isn't enough and it's depressing? And it's kind of hard to break out of that, to say this is. is enough. That sounds like someone who's victim of like just being part of the system to me. Most are. That, that's most how, are. Most that's how no life choice. is. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, most have no choice. But it's like, a, it comes back to the perception and how you perceive everything. Like, I mean, if you can't at least make the most of it and you just feel like you're not being you the whole day, like you kind of, kind of just said, like, yeah. um, you said at the end of the day, you only have four hours to do like what you want to do. I mean, I agree with that because, I mean, I have days like that where I have obligations you know, things I have yeah. to do. But if you're not being you through all that, then and what's the point? Then what's the point, right? Absolutely. And what's the point? So I could see how people definitely, definitely And, and get that's what a lot of people fear. In that mindset. Yeah, absolutely. But um I had I had this I don't think it's that cut and dry though. That's all. I had this girl on. Um I don't know what episode she is, but she was saying how that's her biggest fear is growing up you know, not having, not being proud of herself. And I always used to say, like, I don't want to grow up to be someone my younger self isn't proud of. Right. And, like, if I were to be able to time travel, would my five-year-old self be happy with where I am now? And I don't think everyone's ever going to say completely yes. I think some people will, per- perhaps yourself. Um, But it's like, you know that quote, and this is a very religious thing, where it's like, uh, God gives you what you need, not what you want. Right. So it's like, if there's a God, if there's this, you know, aura of like, you know, spirit that's, you know, revolved around the earth or whatever, like, I hope that it's giving me exactly what I need because, and I hope it for everyone gives them exactly what they need because a lot of people, right. including myself, are very lost, don't know what's going to happen. So Absolutely. it's, but then for you to say, I like my, this is me, I'm enjoying myself. I feel, and, and it goes into people like not supporting each other. A lot of people look at you being able to say that and get really jealous. That's what and, I'm saying. And then they look down on themselves even more. Right. That's that's why I keep going like in circles to yeah. try to make sure that's not the like how people. No, do I it. know I it's mean, not your fault though. No, I know, but that's because um, many people don't take enough time out to be understanding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like going off the quote you just said. Um, well, I have another quote that combats that uh, in okay. a way. All right, go it's, for it. Uh, you have not because you have asked not. That's a Bible quote. And I have a bad relationship with that quote. I'll tell you after you're done, though. Is, uh, well, I mean, it's, I'm not like done. I'm not I'm doing sorry. anything. So you, no, no, I mean, it's a back and forth. Oh, well, only because there's two pools of thought when it comes to religion, as far as I've been able to tell. Is right. people say. Let's not call it religion. Let's call it um, the universe. Okay. They say that, like, what you said, um, you have not because you ask not, right? Is that correct? Yep. And other people say they only pray when they want something, and that's, that's wrong. And that's selfish. But that's I've, heard, I've heard both. 
So it's like, what what are you supposed to do then? You're allowed. I mean, not allowed. That sounds terrible. You're allowed. You I've granted may, you permission. You may ask for things, <laughs> but you should only ask for what it is you need. And a lot of people be like, well, you don't need. Yeah, it's like, like, what do you need? You don't need movies. You don't need, you don't need filming. This. Like, what are you talking about? I truly believe that um, that my higher power grants me things so that I can use them to help better my surroundings and everyone that surrounds me. So the problem with the world is, is that when people get what they want, they will use it and be like, I got this now. I don't need anyone else now. And I have it for me. And they will just take advantage of it. And that I think is what's wrong with the world is people do ask and like maybe they're not even asking God of the universe. They're just like, I need this and I want this now. And maybe they don't do much to get it, but they do get it somehow because that, that happens, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they don't thank anyone for it, but themselves. And that's greed. That's selfish. That's and it's so I think Arnold Schwarzenegger said this and he's, like the American self-made man, but even he says there's no such thing as a self-made man. No, because not at all. You always had help. Everything you do is because of ultimately someone else impacting you. Yep. Something you watching a TV show, not even having having met someone is a reason why. Yeah. You probably are the way you are, and if you're not, and you're just your own person, that's because you have a lot of self-control and a lot of not self-control, a lot of. Uh, Pretty much, like, they're rare people, in yeah. other words, you know? Like, you're all, you, like, a piece of you will be carried with everyone you've ever met. Absolutely, and vice versa. I believe that with all my heart. I agree. I, I agree. Um, it's just, you know, you being able to, yeah, to do films, you being able to uh, be happy and stuff, I think. But it's, it's you keep using the word you. No, because I'm relating you to... No, I know, say. but that's the thing. Like, a lot of people use that word. Explain, what do you mean? Uh, Should I not say you? Should I no, say? No, no, I'm just saying it's not about me, like, in my movies. Well, like episode's about you, though. Damn you. So, but, uh, so you, that's what we're talking about. Yes. Because I'm, I'm saying, because I wanted to relate, so, like, <clears throat> you being able to do all this stuff, that's awesome. Um, If you'd be able to say, I feel happy, I'm, I, I get to do these things, I get to involve my life with other people and find enjoyment through other people right other for other people to see you do that it seems like such a high-hanging fruit because like hyper intention they try so hard they try so hard and i think they feel like they're trying so hard that they think they're putting all this work in and doesn't happen and maybe they are putting the work in and maybe they are just unfortunately failing for no other reason than you know the world doesn't want to help them but it just yeah it's the wrong outlook it's the world that we're living in where people want to get that high-hanging fruit so bad they keep, you know, trying in different ways, and they forget to stop and smell the roses. You know, they forget to stop and look at what else life has to offer. That's where you're gonna find what it is you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people too are picky. Like they're like, well, that's not what I'm looking for. And it's like, well, if you tried it, that might be what you needed, not what you wanted. Do you think this is gonna be hard to answer? Can you think you give us an example, even if it's not, if it's untrue? Like, give us like a make an example up about what you mean by you saying that. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, something <laughs> something I wanted, but I got something I needed. Yeah. 
Absolutely. All the time. It's like I'm trying to think of a real example though. Um yeah, go ahead. A cut and dry one. When I used to go to church when I was like a younger, the priest had a good example where he was like, I there was this guy, he said that he wanted to do this, this and that. But he but instead he got a wife, three daughters and two dogs, and he realized that God gave him what he needed and not what he wanted. Mm-hmm. So I mean like there's that. That's my yeah. only example. That's not, it has nothing <laughs> to do with me. <laughs> um, oh, excuse me. I mean, uh, in a way, I did not want, like, I really didn't want to do this as a full time hobby at all. Uh-huh. Like, I, I did not want uh, all because it is stressful making these movies and all yes. that stuff, and cost money and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, I didn't. I really just did not want to do that. I just wanted to make something cool, like easy and simple. And that's, that's what I wanted. But instead now I have a whole network of people. Um, I have a real full length movie, like five other stories written, two sequels, two sequels. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And that's not at all what I wanted, but I realized that's what I needed instead of um, just what I expected. You know, because this is right now in 2021, I did not ever think this is what I would be doing or this would be Weird, my passion. Right? Yeah. This is not what I wanted three years ago. Yeah. You know, like right now, I really thought in 2021, I would have been already a police officer because that's what I'm going out for. Is that what you're doing? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be a, a rookie cop. I want to like just do if I, I want to do like private security, that kind of stuff. Like. Uh, but I know I have to go through the ranks of doing normal law enforcement in order to get that background. Yeah. But uh, that's all another story. But that's <laughs> what I thought I wanted. I yeah. wanted to be a cop by now. Um, but if I hadn't had met all these people, who knows what would have what it would have been like. Yeah, and they can't predict the future. No. That's that's what most people's problems are. They're too busy planning for the future when you shouldn't. I mean, you could have a an idea and a, I don't like the word plan at all really? because you want to make God laugh. Tell him your plans. That's uh, one of my <laughs> favorite quotes ever. That's funny. Cause you just, what about like having like a vision? Like, yeah, it's different. What what's the difference to you? A vision can be changed. Your vision, your point of view can be changed because um, a plan, if you have a step-by-step plan, changing a plan, changes okay, all the other parts. I know what you mean. Cause uh, bring back Arnold Schwarzenegger. He says that like, you can't do anything unless you have the vision. Like yeah. if, you, if you don't have the vision, then what you're doing means nothing. Right. If you don't see what it is you're going after, then there's no point of in doing what you're doing. But another thing that's key to that is if you don't have the open-mindedness to be able to adapt and change things about it because something went a different way than expected, then you're going to lose. Yeah. You're Yes. Yes. You're, if, if you expect so yes. much and get so little That's you're gonna kill your, like not kill yourself literally but like some you're gonna well yeah. yeah some people do but i'm saying like you're gonna be destroyed yes exactly you'll destroy yourself so it's not what you, about what you want it's about what you need and even if you don't say i need this in my opinion the higher power is what knows what you need and is going to grant you that no matter what you do it's kind of like People forget to have fun. I think I'm a. Vi- uh, I do that a lot. I forget to have fun while I'm doing it. I fe- I feel like enjoying what you do is much more important than you know. Than just what ha- it done. Yeah, what happens when it's over. So Absolutely. it's like, 
I know I need to learn to enjoy things more and not worry about the plan. You're right. You're you're one hundred percent right. Thank you. Um. Yeah. No. Of course. Because I think it's a big problem. I'm like, people can succeed focusing on the plan. It happens. Like you said before, prior. It's like somehow they can do it. They do it. Um. But I do think there are better ways to do it. And some people do have are luckier than others. Um. And get success a lot quicker for multiple reasons. Um. But if you what is success? Success is what your goal is. I guess succeeding in your goal. Yeah. Um. Whether that's being, you know... Success should never be what society says it should be. Of course not. Of course not. That's another problem that people yeah. hold on to. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like, being able to... You, you, you got to worry about having fun. I mean, like, whether it's with filming, with you, like... I You could be the next Quentin Tarantino, but if your goal... I'm going to be this big director. Th- this is what I'm going to do to get there. Cool. But rather, have the vision of... You know, I want to be a great director, but don't regiment yourself to make it this awful, right. like, job. Like, have fun doing it. Like, I, I, like I'm kind of understanding that now as I get older. And it's, like, same thing with YouTube is, like, you could want to be you know, this million subscribers and stuff, but you're not going to get there if you're, you know, you're not having fun because, like, what's the point? Especially with this kind of culture that we're talking about, you don't, most of these, most people have no idea or had no idea how they were going to get where they were where they ultimately are. Yeah. Like you, like you have no idea probably how you're going to, you know, blow up. No, no idea. You have no idea what's going to happen to you. Yeah. I mean, like, was that, you know, H3H3? So they're YouTubers. And I, I've, I mentioned them a lot because they have a podcast and I compare their podcast to the way I run mine. But I don't want to talk about this time. So for anyone that's listening, I'm not going to bring it up again, but I do want to talk about how, so Ethan Klein is the main person for H three H three channel. Mm-hmm. He's American. His wife America. is America. His <laughs> his wife is from Israel. Okay. Um, during a Holocaust like trip to like learn about that and what's it all when uh Jews go to the homeland their homeland it's called a uh, birthright. Mm-hmm. He was like I think he was doing birthright where he goes and and sees Israel. That's where he met this girl um, named Ela, and they ended up falling in love and they went to back to America. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up being like really poor to the point where they couldn't afford one bell pepper. And they tell that story all the time, how they were both working multiple jobs. They were like, they weren't even married yet. And they were, and they were trying to pay each other's college off. And it was an awful, awful experience that they went through for years. And now Ela owns her own clothing company. Uh, Ethan has his uh, podcast. They have uh, a mansion in Beverly Hills. They have uh, a son, like two or three dogs. They have all these cars, and they're not—they don't flaunt it. It's just that happens that they have this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they always talk about how like they had nothing but each other, and they couldn't even afford to buy a piece of produce, right? Like a pepper. And I think about that, and it's like, yeah, you never know when it's gonna happen, and as long as you have fun is what what they were doing making youtube videos as long as you have fun the success will come but if you try that hard and i think this is the reason why people that try that hard don't succeed is because of the burnout because they think too much about it and they end up you know hyperintention doing too much and getting so little and expecting like you said right. so much and getting not what they expected mm-hmm. and thinking that they failed Right. So yeah, the these stories are crazy. Like people like just 
you got to enjoy what you're doing. And if you don't, like the Ernest Hemingway quote that we kept saying, it's like, if you're not having fun, you might as well be dead, you know? Yeah. It's unfortunate, but I'm like, it's, that's, we're human. Yeah, just have fun and just be smart about everything. I mean, as smart as you can be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, sometimes in this world, you, uh, like you said, there's a lot that kind of can hold you back involuntary, involuntarily. Yeah. Like, uh. Like, like I said, you have to be smart about things as smart as you can be because sometimes you are held back by, or it, you may think you're being held back by uh, limitations um, that you not have, but people set, are, it's people go into things already having a uh, problem with it or a, um, like a negative outlook on it most of the time. Like, even I'm, I'm guilty mm. of it too. Like uh, filming, like uh, it's not gonna work because blah blah blah, or um, or I'm not gonna be able to finish this book by the end of the week because I have other things to do. Like you're setting yourself up for failure, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a problem a lot of people have. It's like I can't buy a nice car because I don't have enough money yet. Yeah. Or I mean, just what you speak into existence is or what you think about the most is what you're going to have. Yeah. I'm a I th- firm believer in that too. I th- I think I've done like when I sh- like when I started YouTube, I was actually really positive about it. I had a lot of positive thinking, but then like l- further down the line as I put all this work in and kept getting less and less and less, right. I started getting like bitter about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, doing that, you know, having that outlook which which you're right and you keep bringing up having that, you know, outlook on life, having that outlook on what you're doing if you expect it to fail you expect it to be all hard work and it's like oh i don't want to do this it's like yeah you're gonna you're gonna f up it's not gonna be good yeah it's also like um saying like when people say uh they have a test tomorrow and they're like i'm gonna fail yeah yeah you're gonna gonna (laughs) fail because you're you're saying you're gonna fail so what have you learned you know from doing your films like through like with life like what i've learned basically is you do what you have to do to get to the point you need to be at, and then you get to live and have fun. Like, I'm not saying uh, don't in not enjoy what you're doing because it all comes back to perception. Like, if you are perceiving everything the best way you can, um, the most positive way that you can, given circumstances, even sometimes not, like, you could have the shittiest circumstances ever and still uh, be positive about it. Yeah. Like, Slumdog Millionaires. You yeah. Know? I mean... Um, then that will pay off. But you have to always do what you kind of, you have to do what you have to do first in order to get there most of the time. Otherwise you're already starting on a, like a, on a lower step. Yeah. But it's hard I, feel, to I feel it. I know you mean, I feel like it's almost a little bit of a contradiction though. Cause it it's is, like, it, that's the problem. You, you're saying it's like saying like you gotta like expect a lot of yourself, but then also don't expect too much. It's like weird. Well, no, that's not what I meant. Okay, I meant. Uh, where, where where did you get that from? Well, no, let me see if I can explain what I what I how I interpreted that. It's like I don't I don't say it again. I'm let me, sorry. Yeah, say it again. Um, maybe maybe I could explain to you after I, I hear said it you time. have to do what you have to do and yeah. then you get to live and have fun. 
that um, that was it. It's like you have to do what you have to do, then you have, then you can live and have fun. But just oh, like, I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like I'm not saying don't have fun while you're doing that, but you have to be serious sometimes. Like I said earlier, be a good person. Uh huh. But I know you have to for yourself. You got to put the work. To, well, yeah, but sometimes for yourself, you have to like tell a person, get out of here, like get out of my way. You know, uh-huh. um. That's not being a bad person, though. No, that no, no. That person will view it that way, though, most of the well, time. Well, yeah. Well, you're going to be the villain in somebody's life. That's going to exactly, happen. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but you could still have the best outlook on that. So. Um, but that's for the work thing. Be yeah. smart about it. And if you're being smart about something, you don't really have to worry. You know, that's why that kind of doing what you have to do, uh, it pays off so much because if you're not so worried about it but you're but you're smart about it that's why you're not worried is because you're being smart about it it's like uh i don't know a stockbroker um yeah. you have a stock you have stock and you um if you spend all your time worrying about if it's going up or down or what like what's happening to it then you're probably in the wrong stock. You should have gotten a stock that you can hold at a certain point. Like you could put your money in, right? If you're investing, yeah. I mean, like yeah. I'm, I'm big into the stock market. Like I, I read books on it. I've right. been doing it since I, was like I know four- you have. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, I've been doing it since I was 14. Um, I'm like, if you're investing, yeah, you want something that's safe and something that's gonna, you know, be right. gradual. But like, yeah. but if you're not willing to take the risk, don't worry about it. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Y- yes, I do. Know like like if you're gonna go take risks. That's a risk. Like you shouldn't. You should. You should know what you're getting into. Yes. You, a lot of people don't. Like they just throw their hands into something, and then when they get bit, they're like, "What the hell?" Yeah. And that's the problem with our society is that we set uh, the wrong expectations of ourselves. Yeah. We we expect so much and and get so little, but it's not like someone else did it to us. It's like we didn't prepare ourselves correctly. Exactly. I mean, if you don't step into something knowing what you're doing. Or no, not knowing what you're wrong because look at me with filming. Yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know yeah, anything. yeah. Uh, if you step into something, you gotta you gotta know the risks you're taking. Yeah. You know you like you know like I don't know what I was doing with filmmaking. I'm but I enjoy watching these movies. I'm gonna try to make one. Right, and that's how you learn. And that's how I am um, where I am now. Yeah, fast forward, you know. But then it's like I understand what you're saying though, because if you went to filmmaking saying I'm gonna do this and it's gonna end up getting at least five k views on YouTube. Right. Then yeah, obviously you set yourself up for disappointment. Yes. So yeah. Um. Then that's the other thing we're going back to is you gotta have fun because if you're not having fun, if all you want is this is this that grand success, then you're not gonna have fun. Right. You've got to stress. Yes. About you've got to enjoy the process. That's why all YouTubers, every single YouTuber, every single filmmaker, they'll say, "Do what you enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, do something else because it's not gonna be worth it." It's not going to be worth it. And all these all these kids see all these big YouTubers, all these big TikTok stars, and all these famous people, and they're like, I want to be like them. I want to do that. And they they look so easy because it really does look so easy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you got to not do that. You got to say, I'm going to have fun. It's, th- it's the difference between a kid on TikTok just being silly, uh, wanting to be famous, and the other kid – Going to the drama clubs, going into the school plays because they have fun. That's the difference where it's like one person's really involving your life in it, and the other person is just—it's a gimmick. It's like it's oh look, everyone does it. Let me do it. Right. It's not going to really pay off the way you think it is. But the other person that's, you know, 
trying to be the actor, the actress, like going into uh, film, going into um, the plays, going into meet people like you or, or Danny, or not you or Danny, <laughs> you or Hunter or Ava. It's like yeah. that's that's putting in the work. But the other people, I feel like I've done this a lot, is like just hyperintention, thinking it's going to happen just because you're here. Is that doesn't it's not that's not how it works. You actually have to have fun. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not. How it yeah, works. you have to have you have to have fun. Yeah, it actually has to be something you l- enjoy doing. Because if it's something you enjoy doing, you're gonna keep doing it, not because and you have to, but because you want to. Exactly. And if it's something you enjoy doing, then you're gonna do it the smart way. You know, you're not gonna want to do it naturally, you know? though. You're gonna do it the smart way. Yes. Because it happens on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Or because you care about it. Yeah. So that just to like to sum everything up, because we got a little. That's confused fine. back then That's fine. but back just then. to sum it up like again it's that go into something with as much knowledge of it as you can without limiting yourself based on the amount of knowledge you do have right mm-hmm. so yeah and then uh have and just you, enjoy what you're doing yeah. instead of being stressed about it because if you know basically what you're doing even if you don't know how you're going to do it then you will enjoy it rather than be stressed about it. I mean, it's natural to be stressed about certain things, but most, a lot of people just like go to their, like do their job and the entire time they hate it or they're, they're worrying about what's going to happen next or how they're going to get to another part, even though like they know they're going to get there, yeah. but they're constantly worried about the how and all the different um, technicalities of it. And I just, me personally, I just don't agree with that. So you feel like the way you're doing things with all this film and then with the rest of your life, the w- what you're doing is the best way for Danny to do it? Um, with the knowledge I have now, yes. And and like like you said before, you're satisfied. You enjoy this and you think that's it's the best. Yeah, because that's I know. Then. That's perfect. Yeah, if I, if, if I don't, if I suddenly don't, then I know I have to change something in order to be happy again. So we're coming towards the end, obviously. Damn. And but I wanted to ask a few more things so i'm gonna put like your instagram if you've okay. got if you whatever you've got that you yeah. want me to put in the description i'm gonna put it in the description okay but also um and i'll i'll do the uh, friendly ghost when ava's on but is there any way for people to contact you if they want to be involved in what you're doing oh yeah just dm me yeah dm on, on instagram yeah. Mm-hmm. oh yeah I'll, I'll put it all in there cool um i learned a lot in this podcast about <laughs> you and about myself and I really enjoyed it. I Thank mean, you, we, we sh- yeah, we started with the uh, with film, and we and we grabbed and we we took film all the way through. Mm-hmm. But I feel like what we touched on about who people are as as, as people in their passions. Right. I think that was very important to talk about because I think most people that like film that are watching this, they already know what they want to do. But to be able to exp- or hear someone say the same things they are feeling about passion mm-hmm. is really important so i like this this was, this was a lot of fun thank you so much thank you for I being mean, on sorry we got a little confused there no i wasn't I, expecting it was, to get philosophical it was great i think we you, went from I, movies to uh i think did a great job i think it was society. great. i think it was great i i <laughs> i like when that happens because it it's real yes exactly it's real i mean so i'm not over here yeah you see people who doing all these kind of like interviews and motivational videos i mean they prepared for that yeah you know well i don't like Although it could benefit sometimes, I don't like do it like reading off a list of questions like right. on my laptop or something. Like, are there a lot of questions that I didn't ask you that I I could have and that would be great? Absolutely, but um, I find that allowing a conversation to you know lead itself is so much better. It's genuine. Um, if but like if I ended up having you 
and Hunter, we'd probably talk about film the entire time. Yeah. Because it, we keep each we keep all of us grounded, but it's like one person True. when it's one person to another, it just it goes. goes. It goes. <laughs> it just goes. Um but hey, this is great. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll put how everything in the description. Your, how long is like your longest podcast? My longest podcast was like two hours and thirty minutes, but I had to cut twenty five minutes out because of legal reasons actually. But I'll explain that to you later. Dang. But um I think it was episode six. Um one other thing I wanna just really quick go add, ahead. add about filming that <laughs> but bothers Hunter and that a lot of people think is crazy. Um is uh I have no scripts. Nothing. Absolutely really? nothing. I just I write it on paper uh-huh. my own way. I don't know the rules of film, like I said, and I direct it, and that's how it happens. And I and in the moment, <laughs> most of my characters, some will get lines that I like write like on a yeah. piece of cardboard to them. Um, uh, I will give them to them like that, and they'll read their lines in practice. But most of the time, uh, I love like you were saying earlier about just realism. Uh-huh. I give characters like you actually their lines at the scene. Yeah, and it's kind of nice to do. It like throws them off a lot. But you get that real reaction. Yeah. So I just said that to bother Hunter if he, if he watches good. this. All right, good. Cool. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Yeah, thank you, you so here. much. All right. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>